Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford, Michael Palmer along with you at the top here talking about some evolution of robotics and AI. Artificial intelligence can now bluff in poker. We'll talk about that at length. But Michael, always like to hear, how are you doing? I don't know, Dan. Maybe I want you to think I'm doing differently than I'm actually doing, right? That's completely possible. Uh, I think I would hope you wouldn't bluff me on how you're doing and our audience, right. but I understand. All I know is I'm, I'm all in on this topic, right? I'm anteing up now. Uh, small blind, big blind, uh, whatever blind you'd like, but I am all in on this topic because I think the um, pluribus is the name of the, the new uh, intelligence that has been deployed against the poker universe. And I'm saying, bring it, Pluribus. Uh, I'm ready. I'm all in. Uh, we're heads up with Pluribus, and we're ready to have a wonderful show. We don't want to be blind to the fact that technology is advancing at an insane rate currently. And we've seen technology compared in this article from Wall Street Journal, which we'll share out when this episode goes out, of uh, obviously Watson back with Jeopardy and the evolution from that AI to what we've seen from Google to what we've seen in a heads up poker match. Now, this was an actual poker table, so multiple entries of human beings against one robot. Um, but that's where I wanted to sort of jump off here, Mike, is it seems like this is rapidly getting better and better. Talk about the tech side of it, going from a thousand chips with Watson to just two chips for Pluribus, Facebook behind this one. I just assume this is going to keep getting, e not easier, not to say that, but easier from a technology standpoint to build this comprehensive and really complicated tech to go into these sort of scenarios and, and be artificial intelligence. Yeah, and just to be clear, the chips you're talking about are the silicon that, kind. That is right. Not, not poker chips and not like tortilla or potato chips, uh, depending on the type of chips uh, you fancy. Uh, and we like, we like all sorts of chips. Uh, but I think the, you're talking about the, the computer processing power. Correct. Uh, you know, Moore's Law, which says that every 18 months we will double the processing power within our uh, our uh, processing units. Uh, there's there's a whole uh, series of uh, companies, uh, whether it's Nvidia or uh, Intel or Micron, who are making uh, making their living uh, designing more and more uh, speedy uh, computer processing chips, and then that. Uh, technological capability is being deployed against uh, simulations and artificial intelligence. And uh, the one we're talking about here is called Pluribus and Pluribus is getting, uh, is showing that that uh, AI that can be applied to game simulators uh, is continuing to improve. Uh, it will continue to get better. I think the question is uh, what kind of data are you feeding it? And then how does it get good at, uh, breaking with uh with expectations and then also thinking about uh the return on investment of a bluff uh and uh, that was an interesting aspect to this article in that um the idea of artificial intelligence being purely probabilistic and just playing the odds of their cards was sort of the v1 of poker simulators and uh while they were good, uh, you know, an effective human player could start to uh, outmaneuver that by, uh, by bluffing on occasion. And uh, that now has led to this generation of uh, poker AI, uh, which is um, 
aware of the uh, the potential benefit of making a big bet even when they don't have good cards. Um, and uh, that's what really sort of captured uh, the collective imagination of this because like we we continue to say there's certain well yeah sure the AI is getting good at X right but you know humans will still always be better at Y and one of those those Y components has always been bluffing. You know, if yep. you think back to, uh, you know, uh, James T. Kirk on uh, Star Trek, you know, when he would play poker, he would always know how to bluff. And he would always, you know, in some ways, uh, Mr. Spock is like the AI side of, uh, of, uh, of thinking these days. And uh, he always had, you know, Spock had more trouble with emotion or with uh, surprise or with, um, uh, presenting differently than is than what is actually true, um, so I thought that all captured some some really interesting uh, direction. And then we we recently uh, talked to uh, Annie Duke as well uh, uh, about her book Thinking in Bets and about the Alliance for Decision Education, and uh, that was more about how do we teach humans how to uh, be better at decision making, to be better at predicting, um, and uh, one of the the main ways in which, um, you know, Annie at least, uh, you know, developed her ability to be a good decision maker was from playing poker. But, uh, but I think full circle, it's, you know, let's dig in a little further into Pluribus and into how uh, this article was framed and, you know, what we're learning about artificial intelligence relative to human intelligence. And um, I think there's a lot to be talked about both in terms of the harder science uh, but then also in terms of the narrative that people uh, want to uh, grab hold of, which is, you know, are you hashtag team human or hashtag AI and who's winning, who's winning in what game and why? Like those are big questions that are capturing everybody's uh, imagination these days. I'm on hashtag I want AI on my side. That, that's mm -hmm. what I want in the future. Um, I think multiple ways to go from here, the technology and the game of poker writ large, right? Like the idea of how this works as, and, and Annie spoke to it, um, a real way to study people and study how people interact and how we make decisions, especially for AI, there's no true outcome, right? There's no single outcome to a poker hand because there are multiple ways cards can come out during uh, the Texas Hold'em hands or how hands or cards are dealt, who stays in, who goes out, all of those things really play in here to how this AI was built and constructed to try to figure all those steps along the way. I think the article uh, really does a great job of talking about that poker, multiplayer poker is more of an art form necessarily than a skill set uh, at times. And I think as the discussion talks here, Mike, and as we walk through this article, when you think of poker and you think of that Annie interview, what would you want to challenge an AI robot to do? Is it detect your bluffs? Would you want to play straight? You said playing loose in a tight game, playing tight in a loose game. When it comes to poker strategy, what would you want to force a robot or AI to, to test against your game? Well, I'd, I'd want to know what the AI, in this case, uh, I'm going to keep saying pluribus because pluribus come at me. Uh, let's, let's do this thing. But, uh, but if you could understand what data set was the AI trained against, then I think you can start to, to play more of a level, level playing field yep. with them where from what I gleaned from this article, that data set was a lot of online poker and a lot of uh, you know, tournament style uh, Texas Hold'em. And then the humans who 
Pluribus was playing were sort of of that same sample. So in some ways, when you train AI, like if we were to train AI to be really good on a podcast about learning and education, sampling the, the, the back catalog of this podcast, and then we brought in uh, you know, the, the AI bot 3000 as our, our co-host, um, it would have an advantage because it would have trained against our data set and it would know exactly how we operate. And that's one of the confounding, confounding variables that I think uh, wasn't really talked about in this article is that um, when AI is trained against a relatively closed data set and then uh, is actually introduced into that same context uh, for when it's being tested, uh, I think it's gonna naturally perform well. So I feel like it's almost like this data set primed Pluribus sure. to play looser in, uh, in this uh, professional poker player context than maybe a traditional AI would because it saw that that was sort of a, a vulnerability to the style that is being broadly adopted. And it comes back to that same uh, idea that we've talked about a few times on the show, which is there are certain tendencies and trends now that are driving humans to think more like bots. And when that happens broadly, it makes it easier for the AI to prevail because the humans are almost training their humanity out of their behavior. So like if you look at the way uh, poker pros play poker nowadays, I did spend a little while uh, arguably as prep for these shows watching the 2019 World Series of Poker. And when they're grinding it out at 3 a.m. in Las Vegas and they're playing hand after hand after hand, uh, a lot of the hands are almost exactly the same yep. and the way in which these pros play is almost exactly the same because they've all been trained and onboarded pretty much in the same way playing the same people in the same formats so the same the same the same the same um, AI can then come at that same data set and say ah all of these intelligent entities are operating with these sort of algorithms and parameters how do I win? Uh, I adopt something different. And then the difference that Pluribus adopted uh, was actually playing looser, more uh, routinely, and then being very um, strategic about its money management. Because uh, right. I think like understanding how big should I bet? When should I bet large enough that I can intimidate, uh, intimidate in scare quotes? Because clearly AI doesn't know it's intimidation. But uh but like when I adopt the tactic of betting more on a bad hand in these contexts, I can measure whether that outcome worked for me or not. And uh, I think increasingly uh, taking those risks was, was turning out to be beneficial. Uh, and in some ways, you know, breaking free of the quote unquote book, I'm doing a lot of scare quotes in this show, uh, but uh, the, the quote unquote book, I think is actually uh, you know, it's a demonstration of the savviness and the flexibility of thinking that goes into AI as uh, an emerging um, uh, intelligence that can be applied to games. But I think for me, the bigger takeaway is that when we routinize the decision-making for humans to an extreme, 
they're not always able to then uh, adjust in real time and say, ah, okay, the tactics are changing. The game is looser than I expected. How can I adjust on the fly to what's really a different game style than I've ever seen before? And uh, how can I get better at being improvisational in my gameplay? Yep. Um, which, you know, again, like AI has a huge advantage in that context too. But it does make me think if Pluribus was trained on my uh, my weekly uh, poker game, uh, you know, Pluribus would probably be a much more uh, conservative player. Uh, probably order order less pizza. Uh, maybe hold off on that last uh, adult beverage uh, towards the end of the evening. It would we would make all the right choices because it would have been trained against a different uh, data set. Welcome back to Training and Education as we discuss AI and poker, robots at the poker table. Dan Trapper, Mike Palmer, joined by an old friend, a wild card, if you will. Brandon Jones back with us here on the podcast. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing great, Dan and Mike. Thanks for having me back. And uh, what a topic to come back for. Um, yeah. I've played a few hands of poker in my life, uh, done some bluffing. Uh, I'll tell you, this gets the, gets the poker juices flowing. I feel like I'm ready to take on Pluribus. We'll, we will, we'd see how we'll do. And that was one of the questions uh, we discussed with Mike in, in the first segment, Brandon. Off the bat, would you feel comfortable sitting down at a poker table knowing there is an AI robot across the way from you? Listen, our, our longtime listeners know that I, I want the Neuralink straight into the brainstem. So I, I couldn't be more comfortable. In fact, I'd prefer playing only computers. Um, I wish that I were a computer, but, uh, so yeah, I'm, I, I would be definitely comfortable. I'm not a professional poker player. Um, and in fact, well, some might argue, I've played a few hands with you, Mike. Uh, some might argue I'm not even a very good poker player. So I, I feel like I, uh, my, my odds against uh, Pluribus are probably long. Although, you know, one of the things that I took away from, uh, from the, the Wall Street Journal article, um, just jump right in for a second is, uh, it was aggressive betting. That yeah. was one of the hallmarks of how Pluribus surprised the human players. Yeah. I could definitely be aggressive, <laughs> right? So maybe I, maybe I was like a proto Pluribus all along. I just didn't have, I didn't have the, the millions of reps against myself. If only, if only. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting that it was Pluribus against six poker pros. It's five poker pros, pros five, right? Five, so it's, five, it's, yeah, it's harder to say. See, I got the, I got the number wrong. Yeah, but all that. But so six hands and uh, five of them human, one AI, that's different than if it was, to your point, one human against five AIs, would the AIs all mutually assured destruct and then the human bring the unique flavor? So like it's easy to be the, the different intelligence because it also sounded, my take is like those poker pros were all kind of, they're all playing basically the same game. They've all been trained in the book of poker. And, uh, you know, it's like you watch a poker game, it gets kind of boring. They all, they all know the probabilities and they play it just like traditional AI would, which opens up the door to AI, the new AI, the Pluribus, shaking it up. And uh, that's why I still think like those, it'd be, I think you'd have to adopt different tactics if you're sitting down at the, the AI, at the AI table. And, um, and then also like, Brandon, don't you think like the AI would have to come out with like a face and like nervous ticks and like 
because there's a lot of stuff that they can pick up off of us and our fellow players can pick up off of us. But then if they're just like an empty seat, it's sort of like an unfair fight, I think. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I was I was wondering on that front. So um, I had a handful of questions coming into this. Um, one was uh, the the computer is just the pluribus here, the pluribus I'm calling it. Yeah, is uh, it's not actually reading any human behavior other than the bet. Is that that's right? A, that's that was my read as well. Right. So I'm imagining like the the next gen or next next gen pluribus that can actually do some. Um, you know, can engage with and interpret the human behavior. Right. It's not looking for any of these pros tells, right? And if they're pros, ideally, you know, ostensibly their tells are pretty subtle probably. Sure. Um, but uh, it was just betting based on the hands that it played against itself. And presumably it was learning a minimum amount of information relative to what it already learned from itself with the hands that it played against the other players. Yep. So, um, so I think that would be interesting. I was on that front thinking, Mike, uh, you know, does, you know, some poker players wear shades, uh, you know, there's like a whole, like there's a whole uh, poker player couture. Um, yeah, like, you got like some- a, Like a hoodie or a, a trucker hoodie, hat. And like, like some low brim hat. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all these things with my hands that people on listening to this pod certainly can't, can't see. Yeah. Um, but you can imagine it. Does like, what's the computer version of that? Is it like, it goes black screen? Like yeah. it, uh, like then you can't see, you can't, you can't try to read the the the, pl the pluribus's tells. I don't know. I think there's a whole there's there's stuff to mine there. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention like uh, there's the whole like because you see this on uh, World Series of Poker, like uh -huh. on ESPN or whatever. Like, no, you stop. Yeah, like you know the guy has a terrible hand, and you know he's gonna fold, but if you just get in the habit of folding right away, that becomes a tell, and you're giving more information. So these guys like milk it. You know, they're like, oh, let me eyeball you for a while when you know he's going to fold. But he's just doing that to see, can I extract more information from you or can I just get some psychological advantage at the table? And it is interesting just to think of the, the dynamics. And I actually think the absence of physical presence of the AI is intimidating. I feel like you would have to like, you got to like design some minimally viable proxy human so that you have to make some design choice you got to figure out is it how is it dressing does it uh you know like i want to actually see it's like battle bots i want to see it be able to like push the chips in well to me, that's that's where i was going just to, to to build on that for a second i was thinking of a mashup of pluribus and you know where i'm going yeah and our old friend to robocon sure like you know what you need is you need a, a, a hand to push all your chips into the middle why not? Tarobacon is just, you know, as we said, it's just building Camrys. Uh, for those of you who don't know Tarobacon, check it out in the back catalog. Multiple times we referenced it. Yeah, yeah. That's a robotic arm. Um, but uh, I feel like, yeah, I think that's totally right. And I do think one of the things that I pointed out, um, it was interesting in the, the Wall Street Journal article, uh, and I think we'll share around a handful of these articles here, but I, I wasn't clear how many games they had played. In the, I think it was the Wired article said they played 5,000 hands. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, I read the, the Wall Street Journal article, I might have just missed it, but it, it, it wasn't clear that they played a, a lot of hands. But one yeah. of the things that, that was cited in both those articles is there is a very human element that the computer is unaffected by, which is fatigue and yep. 
you know, things that impact your decision, your decision making. For me, it's usually the, the free cocktails. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the computer is not having free cocktails. And it's not getting tired. It doesn't need to get the voucher for the, for the free hoagie or whatever it is right. after uh, eight hours of play. You know, so I, I think that's uh, the, the computer over a long period of time should at least be have better fidelity to what its sort of OS and rules are right. than a human probably would. Well, and I think the related uh, idea is that another advantage they have is they've trained on data sets that are playing in a way that's very similar to the people who are playing them. And like these players have never had the opportunity to play against this style of AI. So now they have that initial data to begin to learn from, but they're really at a disadvantage. So like, it would be interesting if there was more of a burn-in phase for the AI to be playing with the humans so that, you know, it's, there is a poker adage, you know, play tight in a loose game, play loose in a tight game, where like you read the dynamics of the table and also the money management of the table and then you react and adjust accordingly. And um, I don't think that opportunity was really afforded these uh, poker pros. And, uh, and like I was mentioning before, like these were not like absolute A-listers. Like they were poker professionals, but not everybody who's a poker professional is hugely successful. Uh, and some, you think, many poker pros, many professional gamblers are actually uh, like down large amounts of money in, a, in any given calendar year. So um, I would like to see more like what we saw with Watson playing uh, Ken Jennings. You know, like it'd be, a, I think that's probably what this is setting up for. Uh, I'm talking to you, ESPN, or, uh, or any sort of major programmer, but like, we already have some some ideas around wardrobe design. Uh, I think we could talk a little more around what personalities you want around the table, but um, I think it could make for a compelling uh, TV. I mean, I did. If miniature golf is yeah. going to be on in prime time, why wouldn't be why wouldn't humans versus pluribus in a poker showdown not be musty TV worthy? With celebrities, I, I know you're, you're maybe mostly joking or at least some percentage joking, but I actually think that that's interesting. Um, right. You know, I think, uh, you know, people do watch World Series of Poker. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, ESPN runs it enough to suggest that, you know, they who are ratings driven know what they're doing. So right. I've wa watched it. Sounds like you have, Mike. Yeah. Um, Dan, you're nodding. So I, people watch it. And I think that could be. Uh, you know, if you if you do like the the right pageantry around it, um, yeah. it could be it could be actually pretty fun. Now, yeah, and just re real quick though too, like I would still want to be able to do dealer's choice in that scenario because like <laughs> like I think if you get the right personalities in the room, like our edge on AI is we're a little bit wilier, like we're a little uh, bit like feistier, like we got a little more you know je ne sais quoi style moxie to like mix it up with every so often. And that could also be entertaining to the viewers, you know, just like I've had nights when I haven't won a lot of money at poker, but I had a lot of fun because I was being exploratory and creative too. So like, I think there are ways in which we can get value out of the game and our viewers might get value out of the game in a different way. So um, if there are any, um, you know, TV producers out there, you know, come at us, 
you know, our development costs would be reasonable uh, to put this show together. But, I, but Dan, I'm sorry, what, you were going to say something. Well, I had two things. I, I wanted to throw into the mix for a bluff. The blue screen of death everyone's experienced on Windows would be a really good bluff that everything's just failed completely. And, and then oh, uh, that's great. it all comes back. But um, now, are there multiple Pluribi in this television show, Mike? Do we get multiple incarnations of Pluribus or are we single Pluribus versus the field? I mean, out of many Pluribi, I think one Pluribi would emerge uh, to, to rule them all. But I would say, like, you probably want, like, I'd want, like, a really old model, like, <laughs> like PRS-80 from the 80s, like, you know, like, barely, barely functional version. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, I, do, I still do think, like, a little... A uh, variety around the archetypes you put around this sort of next gen poker room um, would be fun to produce. It'd also be fun to produce as like a a, a fake documentary too, because right. I mean, it kind of writes itself. But I but what's funny is I think it could actually be you could actually run the stunt, run the exercise, and it and it might actually be entertaining to watch. You but could I get still the, you, you could get the Libratus, uh, or that that was the the name of the uh, yep. the, the predecessor. Ah. To yeah um and which, a claudico before that claudico right. was the original yeah i think that's right and and like i can imagine the commentary talking about how hot the processors are running like right. they're having to you know especially for the older models like you know it's it's the the the, the bot version like the, the ai version sweating it out yeah um, not, not, I, to mention, not to mention one or more of them might be in rehab right you know because like <laughs> gambling is tough and yeah. it's 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 hard for us but like it's not like since, you know, the, the, the human models after 1998 have fixed that defect. So now if I were to go to try to play poker and I had no shot, that'd be pretty depressing, right? So, like, imagine how hard it is to be, uh, is it Libratus? Libratus, yeah. 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 There is some uh, clarification here from a Ars Technica.com article from July to clarify that the AI played 5,000 hands each time. Five copies of the AI took on two top professional, uh, Chris Ferguson, six-time winner of World Series of Poker events, and Darren Elias, who currently holds the record for most World Poker Tour titles. Then it went on to play five pros at a time. Interesting. So Multi-level, and this is a further clarification from the Wall Street Journal article we originally sourced for this that just talked about those um, five pros they they played again so there is sort of a data set collection that went head to head then to the the five uh pros that they played against what's next um what's next here is it uh you know pluribus 2.0 or do we think there's a, a a game change here on how technology interacts i would say one of the things in this same article is about fraud right and i think anyone who's played online before has a may have in the back of their mind, well, I'm playing against a computer. There's no way this person's this good, or there's no way this is happening in, in real time the way it is. Mike, do you think that that's the biggest concern, fraud and this code getting into the wrong hands and becoming a million-dollar machine for somebody out there in the world? I mean, for like online poker? Yeah. Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, to me, it, it almost argues for what I feel has been, has disappeared in poker over the years, where like, you know, I've, I actually like the human interaction around a poker table. Um, I actually like, I prefer, I don't play online. And I think that also may be uh, generational too. So like those of us who started playing in the 90s uh, probably got used to 
90s or earlier, got used to the dynamics of even going to a casino, sitting down in a poker room, playing with people you haven't met. It's, it's fun. It's a different uh, type of engagement than playing online, which is more, um, it becomes almost like a probabilistic math game that you're playing online, which also is, um, I think you can learn a ton there. You can do your right. reps there. Um, but I feel like that style, I find that style of poker and the people who come in uh, where the dynamics around the table are such that you might as well have been online. Um, I've always found that to be sort of what makes poker more boring. Um, so maybe there are some ways in which this might inspire changing of tactics or breaking of breaking of frames. Cause like the idea that these poker pros are so routinized that alternate algorithms can sort of outplay them is I think a challenge to humans. Like we got to figure out how to like maneuver against that and um, you know, adjust our tactics. Cause like one of the advantage advantages human intelligence has is its flexibility right. and its adaptability. So uh, I wouldn't call it uh, settled science that AI is better at poker and bluffing than humans. I think we need more experimentation in that space and uh, and maybe it is something people would be interested in uh, in keeping an eye on. Yeah, I, I have two other things uh, on that. So one, this is not exactly the same um, question around fraud, but the thing that could happen if you imagine like the worst case scenario, nefarious uh, uh, pluribus poker playing, is AI AI collaboration. Right? So I don't know if you've ever sat down at a poker table with like um, a husband wife or you know uh, two significant others, but it's harder to play against a team, right? Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to table talk, et cetera, but like a, a husband wife combo to use the example that I've just given can have tells that others don't know about. Yeah. You know, imagine if there were two AIs playing at the same time, like sharing information about what, um, what cards they have, because that's the information. If you know more, uh, you know, the, the, with the ability to do math at a computational level that a human can compete with, like you, you have a really unfair advantage. So that's, mm -hmm. That's a thing I think you need to look out for at a multiplayer. Um, so, uh, so that's one. The other question I had though is um, unrelated. It's just about the money side of it. Because I, I don't. Uh, what wasn't clear to me here is if the money in the simulations were re was real money. Mm -hmm. Because humans have a relationship with money. Even professional poker players mm -hmm. have a relationship with money that is different, presumably, than a computer's relationship with money. Like, is a computer going to go out and? buy additional, you know, chip capacity? Like what, what is, what, what's the upside for it for a computer if it wins? Yeah. Um, like it's gonna take like a nicer beach vacation? Like I, I, who knows? Um, right. And so I, I wonder if that also in a way tilts the stakes in favor of the computer, mm -hmm. right? It can make really cold uh, calculated decisions that aren't driven in any way by cash. Right. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that's an interesting consideration. If it were, like if it, you know, let's say it's uh, the computer programmers or the, the outfit behind um, Pluribus were on the hook for its losings, right. might, might it need to behave a little bit differently? Because right. poker at the end of the day, like there's, you can win over time, but there are bad beats that happen where there's the odds, you know, you, you get, you, there's a riverboat captain who you're playing against who's catching a lot of cards that he or she needs on the, on the river, on the fifth card, you know, that's, 
um, that's, uh, that, that can put a, put a hurt on the computer's bankroll. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, uh, and particularly around loss aversion and um, the, the, like the, how much upside there is to winning, uh, where uh, the loss aversion in particular is something that at least all the behavioral economics I've read is one of the reasons why behavioral economics is a thing. Like humans make irrational decisions because of our fear of missing out on good opportunities, but in particular on uh, like avoiding loss. Like, so like we will, we will be more cautious to uh, watch out for the, the negative impact of losing. So even uh, just to extend your point, Brandon, like how much of a stake did the professional players have was it really just their ego or was it something where this felt similar to the, the dynamics that they earn their living on? Um, I think that's a really interesting uh, angle on it. And it's also why, like, you know, I would say it's not settled science. There is a lot to learn about AI and human intelligence uh, from this, but like more experimentation is interesting. I would love like as a gimmick, in a casino if i could play against play at a table that had ai at it um i might make some slightly less wise decisions about uh sitting down there just for the experience of it so um how casinos take advantage of this i think is also an interesting idea but um yeah it'd be fun to keep watching for sure it does seem that uh, these robots are coming out every two years. Uh, Claudico was 2015, and then uh, the next was in, uh, was it uh, Labratus was in 2017, now here in 2019. Uh, we have our latest and greatest. Uh, so maybe 2021 is the next time we see a new robot uh, AI from poker, or maybe the rate of uh, change is moving fast enough that we get one next year in 2020 that we can track, and maybe that sits down at the World Series of Poker in 2020. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the code as well. They are keeping this confidential, the code. They have not released it. There's making sure that it stays within uh, the FAIR group is what I believe it's called. It's Facebook's AI research group. Uh, so they're, as of right now, locking it down, ho hoping to prevent fraud, but keep the conversation going around poker playing and the social aspects of it, as you were talking about before, Mike, uh, being at a table and interacting with people and how we interact there. So something to keep track of, something we'll come back to, I'm sure, in the future as we all three uh, like poker and enjoy playing it, enjoy robots as well. So it all comes together here. Find us on Twitter at Trending and Ed, same on Facebook and it's trendinginteducation.com. As always, thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education. Yeah.